Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. I am Pat of Helena, son of Joseph. Some people call me the space cowboy. Some call me the gangster of love. Some people call me Maurice, but, you know, I speak of the pompadus of love. I'm one of those who call you Maurice. I mean, yeah. off, off the air. Really? Obviously. Okay. I mean. I'm pretty sure there's no such word as pompadus. Uh, I think that Steve Miller made, made that up completely. And uh, supposedly each of those names, Space Cowboy, uh, Gangster of Love, and, and the Maurice thing were, were all names of previous songs that he did from other albums. Oh, really? Yeah. Isn't okay. that weird? <laughs> just awesome music. Just yeah. simpler time. Mm-hmm. So pompadus, not a word. Pompadus, not a word. No. Nope. I mean, that, that was one of the things that uh, Steve Miller did was write unique songs and, and cool lyrics. Uh, like like in Jungle Love. I've always loved the uh, second verse of that. <laughs> I just, uh, but lately you live in the jungle. I never see you alone. So I, uh, But we need some definite answers. So I thought I would write you a poem. The question to everyone's answer is usually asked from within. But the patterns of the rain and the truth they contain have written my life on your skin. What does it mean? I have no idea. Right. I don't know that he <laughs> does either. Maybe one day huh. uh, we'll call some random numbers and recite those lyrics to somebody. Oh, yes. There's been a clamoring among mm-hmm. the Pat heads for that. Yes, yeah, the Pat mob that. has spoken. But that's not where I thought you were going. I thought since you were talking about made-up words, I thought you mm-hmm. were going with... Uh, the new Webster's uh, Dictionary entry, which uh, apparently they oh. now deem irregardless. Oh, yeah. Irregardless. Now a word, but no, it's not. Uh, I refuse. Why would they put that? Why would they do that? Because people misuse the words regardless yeah, so much? Yeah, they have this justification, <clears throat> which let's just be clear. I don't care if Merriam-Webster's Dictionary says it's a word. If you use it, I still think you're an idiot. Okay, mm-hmm. but they have a justification for when they add new words, and I guess it met that criteria, which is hmm. a lot of people use it. <laughs> That's so stupid. It is. It doesn't make it a word. I think they did that with ain't, too, Whoa! at one whoa, point. Whoa, whoa, sir. Okay, hang on a second. I think they did that. I will die on that hill. Ain't is a word. Uh, despite the heavy volume of polite letters and messages they get expressing displeasure at the very existence of the word, the dictionary has defined it. The word was first known to be used in 1795 is defined as meaning regardless. <laughs> then you don't need another word, man! The reason we and these dictionaries define irregardless is very simple. Okay, here we go. It meets our criteria for inclusion. This word has been used by a large number of people, millions, for a long time, over 200 years, with a specific and identifiable meaning, regardless. <laughs> the fact that it's unnecessary, as there is already a word in English with the same meaning, yeah, regardless. I just, 2020, you give and you give. They say it's not terribly important. It's not a dictionary's job to assess whether a word is necessary before defining it. Oh, wow. Okay. No, what your job is to define whether the word is correct. Not if it's used a lot improperly. Oh, man. Ridiculous. If there was ever a year for irregardless to be recognized as an official word by the dictionary. Definitely, we're in it. We're in it. We're soaking in it right now. (laughs) Big show today. Uh, Bottom of hour two. 
we're going to talk to a nurse who helped out in a New York City hospital when when things were uh, really bad there. And while she was there, she encountered just some absolutely bizarre things that were going on. Horrific. Including what she described in, in the video she released. It's like an hour and, I don't know, hour and a half or something. She did this video and kind of went undercover. She got, I think, some glasses that uh, would record video and audio and video. Yeah, the one person that has purchased the Google <clears throat> glasses. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in that video, she called some of what was going on there murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, bizarre. But she's got some interesting insights in this into this COVID situation. Also, <clears throat> just want to hear from you, preferably on the phone at 888 on where you are on this virus right now. Are we doing the right things? Or is this all overblown, overhyped? You know, there are still... <clears throat> more racially motivated uh, crimes that have turned out to be hoaxes. We'll get into some of those today. And uh, we're going to start out with a thought that hit me <clears throat> after I read an article yesterday about these statues being torn down. We've already discussed the article I read in The Federalist from Christopher Bedford, I think it was, um, when he was talking about his observations on the historical significance of when a society starts tearing down its monuments and statues. The next step, historically speaking, he found, is always going after people. Uh, But my thought was, as these statues are being torn down, what then will fill the void? Everywhere we look, these statues are being graffitied or torn down by mobs. In some cases, city officials are actually voting to remove them and tearing them down. And it started, it all started with, with, I think, statues that could be considered problematic, Confederate soldiers, some explorers, and others, who were mostly associated with slavery and racism. But now it's spread to founding fathers and the great emancipator, Abraham Lincoln, uh, removing the Washington Monument, Jefferson Memorial, and, and possibly even Mount Rushmore has been or is being discussed right now. It's gotten so all-encompassing that in downtown Portland last week, a huge statue of an elk was set on fire and then torn down. So, why were these statues erected in the first place? It's because the people being memorialized meant enough to the citizens of that area, state, or, or the nation as a whole to honor them with a permanent tribute, right? And now in the case of Confederates... The perception has obviously changed dramatically over time. And rather than a tribute in, in many cases, those statues stood as a warning or, or maybe a reminder of history and some roads you don't want to travel down. As far as our founders are concerned, for the vast majority of Americans, up until the last few weeks at least, while we all know that they weren't perfect beings, uh, they were still revered. They, and we honored them for their sacrifices and and the wisdom they shared while establishing this country, the greatest in the history of the planet. So now that those sentiments have changed for some, and the country can't even, we can't even come together on whether or not it's okay to be patriotic on the 4th of July now. So all of this leads me to wonder, what what exactly is going to fill the void left by the destruction of, of these monuments? Because surely the void will be filled by something 
or someone. Will the silent majority remain silent while Black Lives Matter or Antifa or other equally radical elements are the ones who are allowed to decide to whom this nation is going to turn for inspiration? Are we going to let them erect the monuments? Will a Che Guevara monument go up in the spot where George Washington once stood? Since Black Lives Matter, um, Ilan Omar and many others are calling for a complete overthrow of not just our system of justice, but now our economic system as well. Maybe they'll insist that Karl Marx rise in the place of Thomas Jefferson. I, c- I can hear him arguing. Well, Karl Marx never owned slaves. Uh, his system will bring about equality. Maybe we should set aside space for uh, Black Panther founders, Huey Newton and uh, Bobby Seale. What about a massive monument to Margaret Sanger? Look at all she's done for women's reproductive rights. So much. So, so much. It might, might seem far-fetched uh, that we'd even consider mon- monuments being erected to men or women like this, but remember, nature abhors a, back, a vacuum, and th- those spaces will be filled by someone. I really believe they will be filled by someone. Is it really a stretch, given all that we've seen in just the past six months alone, to believe radical leftists will insist that capitalism and white people have <clears throat> already been given their chance, and it didn't work. Now it's time to turn elsewhere for fresh ideas and inspiration. And by the way, it's already it's already starting to happen. Some advocates are are saying we need monuments going up to uh, U.S. Representative Barbara Jordan or Mexican-American civil rights leader Dolores Huerta. Hmm. Dolores Huerta, socialist. There's a socialist right there. So if you don't believe it's possible, they're already talking about it. And so it's already begun. And so it has begun. Uh, 888-933-93. We're going to have to decide where we stand on this stuff. And if we're going to take a stand on this stuff, or are we going to remain silent? Are we just going to keep quiet about it? Eh, go ahead and put it up. Doesn't doesn't matter. Doesn't mean anything. (sighs) What a great opportunity for uh, Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Washington Redskins. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, What what a great time for him to change his team's nickname. What about the Washington Founders? Huh? He's in Washington, D.C. Come on, I'm giving you the idea, Dan. Come on, you can take this. Washington Founders should be the nickname of the uh, football team. It won't be. No. But uh, that might be cool. I mean, what are they mm-hmm. going to do then? I mean, are they going to now, now they're going to be upset that oh my gosh, now you're you're praising old white uh, racist slave owners. That's what you would hear. That's exactly what you would hear. I uh, got some tweets since uh, we last met from uh, oh, Rudy Giuliani tweeted oh, wow. this out. Oh, tweeted us directly? Doctor, yes, directly to us. Wow. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Doctor Anthony Doomsday Fauci just said it's a false narrative to take comfort in a lower rate of death. Would he be happier with a higher rate? Right. What (laughs) What is? I thought that was good. What? We. I don't know. After you hear the interview with uh, uh, Nurse Aaron, who's going to join us at uh, what eight thirty Eastern? Maybe they do want more people to die. Actually, maybe that's a bizarre statement. Yeah. False narrative to take comfort in a lower rate of death. Huh? Huh? Uh, Okay. This guy just does not want anybody to calm down here. He doesn't want that. 
he he wants you to panic and he wants you to he wants things to remain closed. I really think he wants the football and basketball seasons to be canceled. And by the way, the Ivy League has stepped up and done that for him. Yeah. The Ivy League canceled all fall sports. So that includes football and basketball. What else do they play in the fall? Is that about it? Hockey? If They have hockey, I think, in, in the Ivy League. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mainly <clears throat> football and basketball gone. So hmm. how's that going to affect everybody else? Fortunately, I'm concerned with FBS football, not FCS football. So that shouldn't affect <laughs> the, uh, you know, the... The football bowl season. I do appreciate the quote uh, from Coach Harbaugh of, of Michigan uh, where he said, uh, you know, look, th- this thing uh, existed, existed. Oh, Harbaugh. Yeah. I'm, I'm about, I'm, I'd marry this guy, I think, Yeah, right I mean, now. he's already come out for Planned Parenthood, against Planned Parenthood, right? Yes, Wasn't that yes, right? he did. Yeah, and so now he's uh, <clears throat> trying to save the football season. On moving forward with plans for fall football season, covid is part of our society. It wasn't caused by football or caused by sports. There's no expert view right now that I'm aware of that sports is going to make that worse. <laughs> yes! Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Play ball. I love you. Let's go. <laughs> you're my friend, Jim Harbaugh. Seriously. Even though I can't stand the Michigan Wolverines, yeah. you're my friend right now. Yeah, I... I... Yes, uh, I'm... I'm yeah. Whatever, man. Now I'm, Whatever. We're all Michigan fans <clears throat> now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, we are. Uh, and I hope that's the sentiment with most college football, big-time college football coaches. I hope. Now, I know that BYU is supposed to start mandatory workouts Monday. Mm. Right? Is that? Yeah, Monday. Um, <clears throat> so, And that seems to be still on track. So it's still going forward. Nobody said we're not playing any, any of the games. Nobody said we're pushing back this season. Which I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that much if they push back the season. Just don't cancel it. Just don't, just don't take away games. NHL's already saying uh, we're going to start our new season December first. <clears throat> oh, so they're already pushing it back? No, no, no. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, they they said they were going to push it back. Did they? Okay. But I mean, at least they're but saying least they, we're, we're starting our season, yeah. and that's in addition to finishing up this season, which begins first uh, of August. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm I good. Like that. Yeah. All right. But hey, we've got soccer, right? MLS soccer is, is happening. Is that right? I mean, we got this tweet here. Yep, we got this tweet here to tell us about the play-by-play going on there. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pat had uh, estimated profit. Sends us this tweet. The Miami-Orlando MLS game was preceded by the players kneeling with a fist in the air for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Hmm. It was just as exciting as the actual game. I bet. I'll bet. <laughs> Eight minutes and 46 seconds. I hope that oh, the, that's uh, agonizing, the TV networks had a heads up so they could sell an extra nine minutes of spots before the game started. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is <laughs> that's okay. ridiculous. I got it. And by the way, final score. I looked this up now. Um, wow, look at this. They uh, they had to go into stoppage time. Whatever that is. <laughs> and it's like overtime where there's one person in the entire universe that knows how much time's left. No, no room for fraud there, soccer. Why can't they just put the time up? Why can't they share that with Why? the rest of us, right? right. Yeah, just put the Do time up. Do we not have the technology like to see what's... every other freaking sport in the world. It's ridiculous. Two to one, by the way. Two to one. Orlando mm. takes the win. Boy, what a high-scoring affair. For soccer, it actually is. Three goals? They were out of their minds. Well, they needed stoppage time. <laughs> 
And by the way, it's not stoppage time, it's overtime. Okay? It's a dumb sport. It's a, it's a communist oh, sport. A we all know it. We waste, everybody knows it. Waste of a good pitch. Uh, let me tell you about uh, iTarget Pro. 2020 has certainly reminded us about the importance of self-reliance, has it not? Uh, we've seen COVID, civil unrest, bring out the worst in some people. And the fact is, the police can't be everywhere all at once. They can't. That's why it's so important to be properly trained if you're a gun owner. iTarget Pro is one of the best ways to dry fire train with your gun at home using their proprietary app and laser bullet. What's great about it is you don't have to count on the gun range. You can do this at home. You can uh, you fire it with their laser bullet, which makes it completely safe to fire with your kids around. Let your kids fire the gun. Let them be, become proficient as well. It's really convenient. It's safe. It's going to save you, save you a ton of money on ammunition. Plus, you don't need to wear a mask uh, to do it in the comfort and privacy of your own home. Dry fire training will develop muscle memory, help with reaction, uh, target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, all kinds of things. iTarget comes in all the major calibers, 223, 556. You can stay sharp with almost any firearm. And right now, get 10% off plus free shipping when you use the offer code PAD. So go to iTargetPro. That's the letter I, then targetpro.com. iTargetPro.com, offer code PAD. You're listening to Pat Gray Unleashed. You look very, very pensive in that shot, Keith, with the, uh, what's it called, off the mic or on the mic or something like this. At the mic? At the mic. Or as my mom calls it, drop the mic with Keith. Drop the mic? Yeah. No, it's, it's at the mic, but thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it looked and, really intelligent, like you're really putting some serious thought in. Well, it. I think there was some dust on the microphone at that uh. moment in time, and I was trying to you know, wipe it off. And okay. Figure, no, let's just go with that picture there. But yeah, I'm excited. Tomorrow's uh, podcast drops every Friday morning. Uh, listen to it after Pat's done here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. tomorrow I've got uh, David Brown, host of the podcast Business Wars. And it's a great interview. He's a he's a fun guy. I check out that podcast too. You know what? There, I just set up your whole day. Pat, mm-hmm. at the mic, mm-hmm. and then Business Wars. And then maybe I guess this Glenn Beck guy down the hall does something, right? Yeah, so, okay. something. Mm-hmm. Sometime. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, BLM teacher says uh, two two plus two only equals Western imperialism. Okay. The idea, uh, this is from Brittany Marshall, the idea of two plus two equaling four Uh is cultural. And what? No. It's cultural. (laughs) I can't, man. I can't. I can't take it, Pat. I'm, I'm sorry. What? Show me the culture where two plus two isn't four. What? What do you mean it's cultural? I'm going to drive this desk into a lake. (laughs) The idea of two plus two equaling four is cultural, and because of Western imperialism slash colonization, (laughs) we think of it as the only way of knowing. (laughs) What? Mm-hmm. By the way, this this person is uh, Brittany is a yeah. teacher. She's a teacher. She's a teacher. Oh, that's good. That's great. Mm. Uh, this is, I guess, her profile. She's yeah. uh, her, she even provides us her pronouns, preferred pronouns. She her. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that, Brittany. She her. You can refer to her as she and her. Um, teacher, scholar, social justice change agent. <laughs> 
Uh, she's, a, she's a social justice <laughs> change, change agent. agent. Yes. Oh, that's a fun yes. title. Yeah. Uh, Chicagoan, PhD student, architecture enthusiast, wannabe math person, that's for sure. <laughs> two plus two is four is cultural. You said yeah. it, wannabe math person. And BLM, always. BLM. Black Lives Matter. Always. Always. She's fun, Brittany. Boy, good luck sending your kid. Maybe you shouldn't send our kids back to school this fall. Got to sit in a room with Man. teacher with Brittany. Brittany. Oh, Math. I'd be looking out for a teacher name because it doesn't say where she's from. Oh, yeah, no, Chicago. She's proud Chicagoan, probably she's the only profile that says that uh, on Twitter. Western imperialism is responsible name? for two plus two. Um, let me see here. Brittany she's got a teacher. Marshall. Brittany Marshall. Uh, watch out for Brittany Marshall in the Chicago school system. I'd be pulling my kids out of that class. Wow, that is unbelievable. Then we've got a Black Lives Matter leader. In Toronto, who believes white people are subhuman and calls them genetic defects. <laughs> okay. That's not racist, though. No, That's whoa, good. No. I'm glad to see that, that there's no racism involved here. No hate involved here. No hate speech involved. Social media post just resurfaced from a Black Lives Matter Toronto co-founder in which she apparently... Is is that her preferred, preferred pronoun? Do we know that for, for a fact? That she is apparently argues that white people are subhuman and are recessive genetic defects. Mm. Wow, can you imagine saying that about any race other than whites? <laughs> Seriously, you would be drummed out of society. You would not have a job. You would not be able to get a job if you're a white person who says that about blacks. But it's perfectly fine, I guess, yeah. somehow, for this black woman from Toronto to say it about whites. Why is this okay? It isn't. It isn't. Why do we tolerate this? Her name is uh, Yusra Kogali. Mm. She wrote, whiteness is not human exness. What is that? What? Humexness? Humexness? In fact, white skin is subhumexness. You don't even hmm. speak words. I mean, next thing you know is going to be the word irregardless going to pop up in this post from her. <laughs> well, it would be perfectly uh, appropriate because it's now in the dictionary. White people are recessive <laughs> genetic defects. This is factual. Factual. Post says white people. <laughs> this is factual. <laughs> It's not factual just because you say it's factual. I love, I love that. <laughs> White people are genetic defects, recessive genetic defects. This is factual. Is it, Putin? Is it? Okay. All right. Thank you. Show me the science on that. White people need white supremacy as a mechanism to protect their survival as a people because all they could do is produce themselves. Hmm. <clears throat> Black people simply through their dominant genes can literally wipe out the right white race if we had the power to. Well, wait a minute. What do you mean? Why don't you have the power? If you're a superior race, you should have the power to. Mm. <laughs> They're just, just through your dominant genes, you should be able to do that if we're defective. Mm -hmm. That's just bizarre stuff. Kogali says that white people have a higher concentration of enzyme inhibit inhibitors, mm. which suppresses uh, melanin.
production, uh, adding that melanin is important for a number of things, such as strong bones, intelligence, vision, and hearing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Oh, boy. Wow. She's good, this one. She adds, melanin directly communicates with cosmic energy. Oh, I didn't take that into account. Well, she's only dealing I, with facts. Here. I, yeah, I didn't realize it communicated with cosmic energy. Now I see what you're now talking about. Now you see. Is All two right, plus you two started... equal four in there, too? No, that's... I didn't think so. That's a Western uh, cultural it's phenomenon. imperialism. Yeah. In another post, she tweeted, Please, Allah, give me the strength to not cuss slash kill these men and white folks out here today. Oh, nice. Wait a minute. You're you're concerned about cussing? Mm, wow. Have you seen what you just wrote, woman? Jeez. After being criticized for the tweet, Kogali responded by saying, "I am not a public official. I am not a police officer. The state does not entrust me with violent weaponry. I've never <laughs> contributed to the mass targeting of a community." Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, good. So it's okay to A lot of people have. A lot of people yeah. have contributed to the mass targeting of communities. Uh <laughs> It sounds done. like you are targeting an entire White community. People. You just called us subhuman and then a bunch of other crap. That and I mean, she'd like to kill us. She's asking for the strength from Allah not to. All I've done is used a turn of phrase, <clears throat> a rhetorical flourish to voice my frustration and dare to be a person calling for justice. Turn no, you were you are not calling for justice here. That's not what you're doing. You're you're. You're disparaging an entire race. You're being a racist. Come on, mix in a pudding. And a hater, pudding. Thank you. Uh, that's, wow. Is that something else? That is Jeez. evil. It is. Thank you. Yes, it is evil. It's time to bring back the word. We've been trying to um, limit the word, the use of that word, mm-hmm. because maybe it popped up too much in the past, but it really applies now in several different places. So are what? that is evil. Are we subhuman <clears throat> or sub... Human X and both. We're both subhuman and sub. I, mean, I can't even keep up with, with words anymore. Subhuman, human. No, subhumexness. Humexness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want off this train. Wow, that is really uh, a real special. That's a real special post right there. A BLM leader and where did, Toronto? Yeah. Where did she make this post? Was this on Twitter? Long time ago. Yeah, I guess they found it from a few years ago. Uh, Facebook okay. or something. All right. Facebook. So it fit the standards of Twitter back then. Well, no. yeah, I think it was, <laughs> it was a Facebook okay. post or something oh, like that. Facebook. And so, well, either way, right? But uh, I think I think some intrepid people are going back and finding these quotes from uh, these leaders of this movement. That if this movement is going to take over and control society, I guess we should mm-hmm. probably know who our new founders are and what they believe. Right. Well, they're. They're also, uh, this is from Patrice Cullors, mm-hmm. and she is not Toronto's mm-hmm. leader. She is uh, the leader here in America for the BLM movement. We uh, are trained Marxists. Um, okay, they're, I'm sorry, what? We uh, are, are trained Marxists. They, they are trained Marxists. They are trained organizers. They are trained Marxists. Okay? All right. So, hopefully we've cleared that up. Um. By the way, we've got a bystander who hijacked a Democratic press conference <laughs> telling reporters that, uh, listen to what this guy has to say. How long is this? Is this? Can uh, we fit this in here? here? I think uh, we can. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. And every black leader, every community leader will be up here. Black Lives Matter, hands up. Blacks are murdering blacks every 32 hours since June. I've been in this town all my life. I'm 56 years old. 
I am afraid of being shot and gunned down by a black. Again, if this was a white police officer shooting and killing three blacks, people would be out here, the school would be on fire, people would be coming forward and saying, I saw this white police officer. But because it's black on black crime, it is socially acceptable for blacks not to talk to the police. It is appalling. And every 32 hours since June, blacks been murdering blacks. And y'all guys got to do a better job. Nice. Nice. Thank you. There's some common sense. There's some hope. There's a little glimmer of sunshine. I needed that. Thank you. And the darkness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After our friend from Toronto. <laughs> really lovely uh so we've got that and then uh we have something uh interesting oh, yeah. from D- don lemon yeah dinesh d'souza tweeted out some interesting video from seven Two- years ago 2013 <laughs> is when this happened so we'll get this is too long to play right now we'll we'll play this uh coming up after the break uh you know he had that big argument with uh terry cruz about Black Lives Matter and why they don't care about the black lives in Chicago and elsewhere when they're shot by other blacks. Uh, he was saying something. He was singing a, a different tune huh. seven years ago. That's for sure. Huh. We'll get to that coming up. Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, we got this cool package in the mail. Uh, Dear Pat et al., <laughs> Enclosed, you'll find a Big Frog 1099 3D print. I got the idea for it while listening to your bits. The 1099, the Big Frog design, came from your t-shirt. The frog came from thingiverse.com. I hope you get a chuckle out of it like I do your show, and remember the phrase that pays. That is that fun? so cool. That's you cool. know what? I will take a picture of that. And thank you so much. We'll uh, Ken that. Stuber. Very cool. So, Ken, thank you. That's really... <laughs> So he 3D printed that. Uh-huh. That uh, is amazing. Isn't that something? That yeah, is really, really cool. That's a good. Thank you so much <clears throat> for that. That'll, yeah. that'll be a part of the studio that's fun. forever. Uh, all right. We got some uh, tweets here. Corey Pa tweets, I'm pretty well okay with the changing the Pinocchio scale to the Fauci's scale. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get off my lawn tweets, the governors are convinced that masks are the answer irregardless of the data. Uh, stop, please stop. <laughs> putting immediately to use no. our new word. No. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking about Yay. blocking people on Twitter that start using that word. Uh, Lone Wolf, <laughs> if being frequently used is all it takes to be added to the dictionary, brace yourself for supposedly. Oh, no. Uh, no. Are y'all trying to kill us this morning? That's true. Supposedly. Oh, man. Uh, there, there's something else, too, that... It, uh ah, that it is always misused and by prominent people you hear them on tv all the time it'll come to me eventually but not in time uh, sure. I, wait, but so, halfway through glenn show i'll think that's what it was it's not nuclear is it, it well that's i mean that's oh, another oh, I, I bet i know what mine. it is I, I bet i know what it is hang on a second rob it, it's got to be because mm. mine is especially watching sports mm. he's anxious to get back in there no he's eager to get back in there he's not <laughs> nervous man he's been doing this his whole life he's getting paid millions of dollars yeah that's not it but that, that's another <sighs> what was it rob literally literally yeah. Literally? Yeah. yeah. So like it, it, yeah. <clears throat> misused. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking they mispronounced this mispronounced word. Mispronounced something? Yeah, it's it's ex especially. Oh, especially. Ex especially! Stop it! Ex- that's especially exciting. Ex 
especially? How old are you? Do you also eat buschetti? Uh, I, I, what what yeah. is the deal? I eat puschetti. <laughs> it's not buschetti. Everybody knows I it's puschetti. I can't take it. Especially at night. No, it's especially. It's not especially. I hear that all the time. In fact, uh, they might change the word. Maybe they'll change the word in uh, no, 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 Merriam-Webster's no, 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 no. dictionary. Don't be used giving all the them time. ideas, man. Stop. Uh, Jeffy's 18 Spoons <laughs> tweets, I can't figure out why soccer scores are so low. The goal is nearly the size of Jeffy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Oh, yeah. And then this morning, I'm using my jeffy size mug, as you can oh, see. Oh, wow. Because yeah, I need so much coffee. <laughs> so it's a little sleep going. So, uh, anyhow. <laughs> Uh, actually, that's funny. Actually, what it is is that's, that's a great cop. I, I don't know what happened to my Nebraska mug. It sits in here every day. I go wash it out and I bring it back here and I hang it on the edge of the desk and now it's gone. So I had to get to my uh, my joke mug, but, I, <laughs> but it actually funny. worked out because I needed a lot of coffee this morning. Mm. Jeffy size. Uh, oh, oh, hey, it's what, in there. Thanks, Martin. Oh, okay, that's all right. I guess I uh, left it in there yesterday. Uh, I guess you did. Martin's got it. I'm and bad. he's drinking out of it, too. Wait, whoa, whoa. So oh, he's you, getting his germs all through it. You can it. keep mm, it, good. Yummy. Yeah. No, you can mm-hmm. keep that now. I don't need it anymore. Uh, all right, let's go to Dave in Arkansas. Dave, hi, you're on The Blaze. Hey. Hey. Good morning. Hope you guys are all right, and I really don't care. <laughs> My pronouns are Lord, Master, Toxic Male. Appreciate that. Thank uh, you. This whole virus thing, uh, it just, common sense is gone. And if mm-hmm. you got teachers trying to tell us that 2 plus 2 is not 4, no wonder they can't understand the data. Yeah. Um, it just I mean, drives me crazy. I'm an essential worker. I've been out here the whole time. Up until just recently, no one I've known has even had it. Um, you do know somebody I'm now with it? Arkansas. Uh, actually, my doctor died three weeks ago. Oh, oh no, really? 75. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was like, I mean, that doesn't make it okay, was, but was, yeah, that's sad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was in that you know, the target range yeah. uh, for this virus. But, um, and, and, you know, he'd been seeing people the whole time. Wow. So, Did he get it from one of his patients, do they think? Know. Yeah. They yeah. came in on Monday and he was gone Saturday. Oh his my wife survived. Gosh. It happened that fast? Yeah. Wow. That's what I understand. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, appreciate the call, uh, Dave. Um, it's interesting because when you're talking about People 60 and under. Mm-hmm. I think it's 65 and under. The death rate is 0.04%. That's four one hundredths of 1% of chance the, of, those who of dying. It. Of those who get it. Yes, of those who get it, die. So, yeah, not 0.04% of the population. That would be a lot of people, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, so, I mean, the vast majority... The vast majority, almost everybody who gets it, who's under 65, you know, maybe you struggle a little bit with it. Maybe it's miserable for some time, but you don't, you don't die from this. And the point from many people lately is, don't we do, don't, don't we just deal with this, with the flu, Mm -hmm. with a common cold? If you're not going to die from it, let's just live life. And protect those who might die from it. But it's the election. Try to keep them away from it. It's the election year flu. 
and there's a Republican in the White House running for re-election, and so yeah, this would be to... vastly different mm-hmm. if Obama was in office. Absolutely, when this when this happened, because we've we've lived this with like the <clears throat> swine flu and stuff like that, right? Yes. So we've we've already done this, and plus H1 I can H one N one or H one N five. What sure. was that? Yeah, one of those in 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sixty. How many thousands of people was it? Sixty thousand died. Sixty million got it. And I don't remember if 50 or 60,000 died from it. I've seen various numbers on that. Plus, I'm pretty sure that uh, back in January and February of this year, pretty much everyone in this building had the uh, coronavirus, and we just didn't know it. In January and February? Sure. Remember, we were all mm-hmm. sick in here. Yeah, I do remember uh, that. that was you were always saying it was the, it was the uh, airflow in here. Yeah, which, I mean, still was. But, uh, yeah, and, and everybody was sick, it, just like a flu season. Everybody yeah. in a building gets sick, and it runs its course. And But you don't shut things down. You don't, you don't cancel the Ivy League fall season of sports. Uh, it's amazing. Oh, not only, did, not only did the Ivy League shut down, uh, even worse, I think, to me, is Stanford just canceled 11, 11 sports. So, what? I mean, like men's volleyball, soccer, uh, a whole 11 sports. Uh, they uh, just shut down I'm, all of I'm, a sudden. I'm still waiting to care. Uh, you said I, men's volleyball. Well, how pissed would you be oh, absolutely. if you just signed with Stanford oh, to, play, yeah. to play volleyball and now it's gone? Oh, my gosh. I'd be pissed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, Can you transfer? Man. I mean, seriously. Well, I'm sure they'll make some, yeah, some provisions for them where you don't have to sit out a year if you transfer, but... Still, that that sucks. I mean, Stanford can't afford... Don't tell me you don't have an endowment at Stanford that allows you to continue with sports for a little while until you recover from the virus uh, thing. I, I just... Uh, I don't buy it. Uh, how many people die have died so far worldwide from COVID-19? Do we know? I'm waiting for my, my, my page. Isn't loading, of course. I don't know. Uh, global deaths. Okay, so we're at 549,000 global deaths. 549. <laughs> there we go. Uh, they're estimating that uh, the 2009 H1N1 pandemic could have killed. They don't even know. The estimate goes as high as 575,000. Oh, my gosh. So between, but here's the gap. Wow. Though. Look at this. It's like 151 to 575. So my point is. Mm-hmm. It's still less than the highest estimates that they have of H one N one. I mean, we'll probably pass that. And we did nothing about H one N one. Nothing. Sixty million. We we we're up to three million in the U S. with this disease. Sixty million had H one N one in two thousand ten. We didn't even bat an eyelash. Nobody even talked about it. We didn't even talk about it. My son had it. We didn't worry about it. He just he got sick for a few days, then it was gone. Uh. Yeah, 60 million cases uh, in the U.S., they're saying. And how many died in the U.S.? Does, do you have those numbers? Uh, 888-900-3393. While you look for those numbers, let me tell you about Rough Greens. Um, you know, some people actually run with their dogs. I don't, I don't know why you would do that. Let your dog run. I mean, if he needs to run, go ahead and go out there and run. I'm not doing it. <laughs> it's too hot, man. It's Let's be honest. Way too hot. And humid and gross. Oh my gosh! It's especially no, hot in the south. Especially in the south. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but irregardless of what the weather is, I'm not running for anything. Okay. No, we've got cars. Thank you. Dogs don't have. They have them, but they can't drive them. We can. <laughs> 
But if you really want your dog to be healthy, not, um, running around just isn't going to be enough. It also needs, your dog needs nutrients, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, probiotics, omega oils. All of that comes in Rough Greens VitaSmart. Been telling you about this for a while now. It's not dog food. It's a, it's a supplement that you put in your dog's food. Jam-packed with things that will promote a happy and healthier lifestyle for your dog. Your dog's going to go crazy for this stuff, too. They absolutely love the taste, and they gobble it up. Uh, take the Rough Greens 14-Day Jumpstart Challenge, $14.95. You'll see the difference in your dog in 14 days or less. If you want to see your dog thrive again, go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash blaze. As I said, I've seen so many different numbers on the H1N1. Keith just saw a number that's 12,000 died in the U.S. Yeah. I mean, I've seen 18,000. I've seen 30,000. I think I've seen 60,000. Wow. I don't think they know how many people died from H1N1. No, remember that gap? Because we didn't pay attention. You're right. And remember that gap? They said, yeah, the CDC estimates that there were between 150,000 and 575,000 people worldwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, died from it, so we don't know. Wait, they have no idea. And again, uh, did you see that the CDC is thinking about stopping the epidemic uh, talk? They're they're thinking about removing the epidemic uh, label from this virus because the death rate is so low. Uh, that's interesting. Sure is. All right, we were telling you about uh, Don Lemon back in 2013. Apparently, felt a little bit differently on uh, some of the violence the black on black violence i guess um he also i think felt a little differently about uh bill o'reilly because he <laughs> yeah, starts he out the segment talking about bill uh here's don lemon 2013 it's time now for some tough love on the subject the reason there is so much violence and chaos in the black precincts is the disintegration of the african-american family He's got a point. In fact, he's got more than a point. Bill? Raised without much structure, young black men often reject education and gravitate towards the street culture, drugs, hustling, gangs. Nobody forces them to do that. Again, it is a personal decision. Mm. He is right about that, too. But in my estimation, Mm -hmm. he doesn't go far enough. Oh, because black people, if you really want to fix the problem, here's just five things that you should think about doing. Here's number five. Pull up your pants. Number four now (laughs) is the N word. Now, number three, respect where you live. Start small by not dropping trash, littering in your own communities. I've lived in several predominantly white neighborhoods in my life. I rarely, if ever, witness people littering. I live in Harlem now it's an historically black neighborhood every single day i see adults and children dropping their trash on the ground when a garbage can is just mm. feet away just being honest here number two mm. finish mm. school you want to break mm-hmm. the cycle of poverty stop telling kids are acting white because they go to school or they speak proper english over the course of a career a college grad will make nearly a million dollars more than a high school graduate that's a lot of money And number Hmm. one, and probably the most important, just because you can have a baby 
It doesn't mean you should, especially without planning for one or getting married first. More than 72% of children in the African-American community are born out of wedlock. That means absent fathers. And the studies show that lack of a male role model is an express train right to prison. Yep. And the cycle continues. So please, black folks, pay close attention to the hip-hop and rap culture that glorifies everything I just mentioned. Thug and reprehensible behavior. A culture Thug. that is making a lot of people rich, just not you. Wow. Who was that again? How the times have changed. <laughs> Who no was way. that guy? There's no way Don Lemon does that little uh, rant today. There's Wait, no way. He was upset that trash was dropped on the street, but he's cool now with burning buildings down? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, help me. Yeah. This is a long... Pull up your pants? There's... <laughs> That's great. Let me give you one more, Don, that you can maybe make... Uh, the, push the others down a notch and make this number one. Stop killing black children before they're born Hmm. how about that we'd have 14 million more black people if you hadn't aborted them since 1973 and then their kids too and so on and so oh man can you imagine i mean that's exponential exponential that's exponential growth in the african-american community (laughs) i mean come on irregardless of, of what you think about planned parenthood just uh just make sure that that black babies are born. Let Planned Parenthood exist. They can just do the other reproductive rights issues that they do. The other women's health issues that they do. You know, all the cancer screenings and whatnot. Uh, uh, I like that word, though, that you threw mm-hmm. in there. Did you? That, that, uh, I mean, first of all, you got irregardless in there. Mm-hmm. You got especially in there. Yep. And you got uh, exponential in there as well. Yes, it is. Which is a favorite of ours uh, mm-hmm. here. Yes, it on is. The program from... Uh, you know, former Vice President Joe Biden, if you'll recall. Increasing exponentially. Top 1 and 2% have done exponentially better. Well, corporate profit has been up over exponentially. <laughs> profits have come up exponentially. It's going to be up exponentially. <laughs> <sighs> I'm glad we could misuse all these words yeah, today. It's, yeah. it's good. Do you honestly think he's going to end up on a debate stage with... Donald Trump? I don't know. They're trying to they're trying to wiggle out of it right now. They I, they just gave him a list of demands that you, these may not happen if you can't meet these three criteria or oh, something. Oh really? Not I yet. missed that. I uh, I didn't pay attention uh-huh. much to it because I'm just so disgusted maybe with the whole thing. Right maybe now. that's another motive by the mainstream press, especially CNN. <laughs> the longer they can make COVID nineteen seem like the Grim Reaper for everybody is waiting right around the corner. Mm-hmm. They can keep Joe Biden protected and insulated in his little basement there. Yep. Mm. That's where they need to keep him, by the way. That's where he needs to be if he wants to have any chance at winning this thing. Triple eight nine hundred. because the more he talks, the more people are going to realize, <laughs> wait, this guy is out to lunch. Mm-hmm. I'm not voting for him. <laughs> Scintillating duck tweets white people are genetic defects. It's factual. <laughs> Everything is satisfactual. Zippity doo da. Zippity yay. Oh no! Whoa, Did you go the song s- of the south there? Oh what? Oh my! We walked right into that trap. <laughs> it's factual. Everything is satisfactual. Zippity doo da. Don't, don't even do it. Oh. Don't go there. My oh my. 
Axis Tech tweets, uh, so NBA players can exercise their free speech with social justice statements on their jerseys using any of the 29 phrases approved by the league. <laughs> yeah. But do you remember when you couldn't wear a sweatband or you couldn't have tape or... I mean, they, they have so many regulations that uh, you can't do, that you can and cannot do in both the NBA and the NFL. But now, everything, anything you want to say pretty much is fine. And you could even use it as your name on the back of your jersey. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bob Black Lives Matter. And that's what you go by, I guess, during that game. I don't know. Bob Black Lives Matter just hit a three. Wait, who was it? World Be Free? Yeah. That was like a really big deal. Like, was oh, big no, deal. you can't be putting World Be Free <laughs> on the right. back of your jersey. But I changed my name to that. I legally changed my name. <laughs> no, no, no. Now you don't have to legally change your name. You just, whatever you want on there, that's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> From Carl Smith, as a white person, am I allowed to say Don Lemon has skin like an armadillo? <laughs> no. No, only he can say that. Yeah. Because he's the one who said it. Uh, just to muck and fudge, can we axe Merriam-Webster to add supposedly uh, frustrating, frustrating, etc.? <laughs> Joe sniffed my hair. Nuclear. Nuclear. Yes, nuclear drives me out of my mm. mind. I mean, I the nuclear thing. George W. Bush did that all the time. You're the president of the United States. You've got the nukes at your disposal. And you say nuclear? Nuclear. <laughs> I mean, at least... Nuclear weapons. <laughs> he, he knew how to say OBGYN, though. Remember, Obama was uh, OB-gyne. Yeah, OB-gyne. Yeah. Well, he talked about the OBGYNs give, giving their love That's right. uh, to women all over the country. Yeah, I was leaving that part <laughs> All over out. the nation. <laughs> Practice their love. <laughs> oh, so great. Simpler times, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Back when we were innocent and naive. <clears throat> Texas Lori D., I'm exponentially excited here regardless. Uh, get off my lawn. Words that aren't words. Uh, you should have never started this. <laughs> You should have. Uh, there is another one. That's another pet peeve. Yeah. I do love that. Should have. Should have. You should have. <laughs> uh, Big Poppy. I received my COVID test yesterday after 12 days, no less. I'm positive for the virus? <laughs> well, he's been walking around for 12 days? No. <laughs> so I'm a new case for Texas, but I'm already 99.9% .9 recovered. Bet they don't put me on the recovered list. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, well, I'm glad. Glad you're you're doing better, uh, feeling better. Uh, Jeffy's 18 spoons. So Don Lemon used to be a white supremacist. Mm, yeah. Huh. Huh. I didn't you that. think you know someone. <laughs> <laughs> Equus Limits 10. Wow, that's a side of Don Lemon I've never seen. Of course, I don't watch CNN, so. Yeah, there you go. And Simple Minded American. The Don Lemon video is obviously CGI. <laughs> I love that. Awesome. Uh, all right, let's go to Chris in Kentucky. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about the COVID and where you're, where you're at, where's your head at on the whole COVID thing right now. Uh, Let me tell you yeah. So good morning, men. Morning. I have as a, as a matter of trust here in Kentucky, I have kept the COVID numbers myself every day, just to kind of watch things. And something struck me the other day. This this the statistics inside the statistics we hit 1,000 cases ever in the ICU <clears throat> this past week and we hit 600 deaths is it are we losing 60% of people in our ICUs I think it's impossible 
So I checked the CDC numbers. The CDC numbers are national average, 38% of people in the ICU are dying. <clears throat> so if that's true, 65% of our deaths in Kentucky never even saw an ICU. So think about that. The people that you want to save, the people that are vital, the people that have obviously health in front of them, will go to a hospital or an ER, right? Yeah. So who are these people? These people that are dying have to be languishing with terminal illness, do not resuscitate. Um, people mm. in nursing homes that have families that have basically given orders not to send to a hospital. Yeah. I mean, you know, these are these that 65 percent of deaths never even showed up in a hospital. That's uh, that's crazy. Mm. It's amazing. Uh, wow. And you do you believe those numbers? Well, I mean, I've been watching the numbers, you know, as we've been given them. The ones I don't believe are the probable cases. Um, Todd Herman on Rush about a week ago, he um, plugged into the city council meeting in Oregon. Mm -hmm. And he was shocked. He wanted to hear about the chop test stuff. He was shocked. He had to listen to the COVID numbers. And he said the thing that was really, and he lit about this, they explained to the city council that their probable cases include people when they test a positive case, the contact tracers then include anybody considered a close contact from a positive oh, yeah. as, a pro- as a probable. So, yeah, yeah it's the probable cases and all this gar- garbage, I don't believe. The deaths, you know, yeah, there's some of those deaths are questionable for sure. But um, if 65% of our deaths aren't even showing up in a hospital, yeah. yeah, that's these, these are terminal people, right? Yeah. And you you made the point the sixty five percent number, and that leaves what thirty five percent Keith math right thirty five percent that actually went to the hospital. And when we talk to Aaron Ocheski coming up at uh, you know fifteen twenty minutes from now, uh, she'll tell you the biggest mistake some of these people made was actually going to, to the, the hospital. Yeah, in some were, cases, exactly. catching it there. Yeah, this this nurse that we're about to talk to who went to New York and uh, spent a. a a good time during you know the the peak of of that whole uh, situation in New York says some of the patients were literally killed by the treatment yeah. they received at the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Um, but how many people were killed by not you know by denying hydro- hydroxychloroquine and all right. these other things? Right. Right. You know? And is it true? Did did you find that once people went on the ventilator, their chance of living was about eleven percent? That because I've heard, go ahead. I've seen all that, too, and now they're using those less and less. Now they're using these ambient air, you know, just just regular oxygen, and the death numbers are going down. Right. Yeah, the ventilator was not good for people with COVID for whatever reason. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Chris. In fact, if you went on a ventilator, you were pretty well certain of death. A death sentence. Yeah. According to medical professionals now. Yeah, it was like 89% of people who went on ventilators died. Or maybe it was even higher than that. It was it was at least in the upper 80s, maybe the low 90s. And one of the things Aaron points out and others have is that, you know, these states are getting a lot more money if you die on a ventilator than otherwise. And it's hard, you know, you don't want to believe right? that you that's what it's about. Nobody don't. wants to think it's about money. Uh, but I think what she'll say um, and what she said on the video, she did a video, kind of an undercover video, mm-hmm. and then she was interviewed uh, for it afterwards. 
So she had some undercover and then just some interview portions. And have we posted it? Are we going to post the... We, we should post the video. We can. Uh, I don't think we Maybe have on uh, Twitter. So if people right. are interested, it's really long, but you can mm-hmm. watch part or all of it, whatever, but it's really interesting. Uh, and she she said that... Um, I said she believes it's about the money. It's about the money. And nobody wants to think that in the United States of America, uh, hospitals don't care about the lives of human beings. They care more about the almighty dollar. But apparently in some cases, it uh, it just may be reality. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. 933 93 Also at uh, Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Oh, the Supreme Court mm. had an actual what you could consider to be a constitutional decision yesterday. No, stop. Yeah. That doesn't happen no more. I know, right? <laughs> uh, but it did. Supreme Court yesterday upheld Trump administration rules allowing some employers to decline to provide contraceptive coverage on religious or moral grounds, which could leave... Oh, I love that line. Which could leave more than 70,000 women without cost-free birth control. Dun, dun, dun. First of all, are you entitled to free birth control? <laughs> is this the Since associ- when is that an American right? Who is this? Associated Press? It Feels is like Associated Press. AP. Yep. AP, hey Yep. <laughs> okay. The high court ruled, get this, 7-2 to two for the administration, which made a policy change. To allow some employers who cite religious li- uh, or moral obligations or objections to opt out of providing no-cost birth control. You should have to provide no-cost birth control? <laughs> that is just asinine. That Okay, so that's a constitutional right now as well? I must have free! I, okay, so you don't just need access to it. It's got to be free? Mm-hmm. Come on! <laughs> wow! Remember now... Uh... Like uh, O O Ruth uh, Bader Ginsburg told us, um, uh, you need to model our constitution after other places like South uh, Africa, where they yeah. Well, it's a newer constitution. Yeah, it's a newer more positive liberties. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is one of the great things about our U.S. Constitution. It's a charter of negative liberties, and it should be because that way you haven't spelled out just the things. I mean, you can't spell out every right. So instead, you spell out what the government cannot do to you. It's a restraint on what the government can do to you. Right. It's not a restraint on what you can do. And that way, just about everything else is just an assumed right. And they even list it in there as the Ninth Amendment. They say, look, it's your right if it's not in here and if it's not forbidden by your own state constitution, but yet we ignore it. It was the beauty and the genius of our founders that they did it that way. By the way, in this decision, two liberal justices sided with the Trump administration. I bet it was Kagan. I bet it was Kagan. Tell me it was Kagan. It was Elena Kagan. Uh-huh. And uh, this one really surprised me, Stephen Breyer. Uh-huh. Oh. Stephen Breyer? Wow. It was supposed to be, by the way, supposed to be a uh, conservative judge. Did not <laughs> turn out to be wow, that way, obviously. that's a good one. Yeah, Boy, isn't it, though? That's a fuddy. How many times does that happen to us, though? Over oh. and over and over and it over It would take again. less time to count how many times we haven't been burned by really would. conservative justices. You could say Scalia. Mm-hmm. You could say Thomas, for sure. Mm-hmm. Alito. And, and Alito. You and said, that's about... You said Thomas? Yeah. Oh, shoot. We've yeah, already yeah. covered that ground. All right, now, so there, we got three. Have you heard the noise, the, the rumors that people are saying he's going to retire? Jeez, I hope not. Please, no. No, no, no. 
He's only like no. really early 70s. No, 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 no. Please do. That would no. be that would be uh, a tragedy. Oh, no. It would be a tragedy to lose him. Because do you have confidence now after these last two? I mean, Kavanaugh might be okay. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure either one of them, are, Kavanaugh or Gorsuch, are going to be okay. Justice Thomas, what can I do to keep you in that seat? <laughs> what, what do you need? What Please. do you need? Do we need a GoFundMe page just to keep him in there? We'll, Seriously. Seriously. We'll, we'll give you a monthly stipend. Just please stay there yeah. by all that is holy. I'm thinking. I know you're a Husker fan, dude, but uh, you probably already have good <clears throat> seats, huh? I mean, who do you replace him with? Huh. That's like that's like losing the greatest quarterback of all time, and then you're replacing him with who? You got a stable of Blaine Gabbard or, uh, you know, Colt McCoy. I don't, I don't know. It's Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick, <laughs> who hasn't played in four years and wasn't good when he did play. Oh, no. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Oh, uh, I just ruined my day. I, want to pre- I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I'm hoping that doesn't happen. I'm hoping it's just... Now, he... Uh, people really close to him have said, no, nah, he hasn't made any noise like that. So I don't know if it's just people's wishful thinking, but it's been rumored quite a bit. I've seen it in multiple articles. Uh, also, the Trump administration gave formal notice. So these are some rays of good hope, some, okay, some okay, silver good, lining good. on the really dark clouds we've got hanging over us right now. <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, the Trump administration gave formal notice. We are formally withdrawn from the World Health Organization. All right. I mean, Trump does stuff like this that are just, you know, filled with giblets. He just—it's a just a giblet decision. Am I right? Uh huh. It takes big giblets to make a decision like that, and yeah. then stick by it. Mm-hmm. Nobody does that. Mm-hmm. George W. Bush didn't do it. <laughs> Top-ranking Democrat on the Help Committee, Patty Murray of Washington, called the withdrawal an abdication of America's role as eh, a global leader. Up. Uh, we just led the way out now get of us that out of- freaking uh, ridiculous organization. Yeah. Now now, now um, get us out of the U.N., President Trump. U.S. out of the U.N. Mm-hmm. U.S. out of my uterus mm-hmm. and U.S. out of my uh, U.N. Oh, by the way, uh, speaking of Trump mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, we've got an election year coming up here in the next few months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a fun stat today that said uh, exit polls in 2016 showed that 28% of Hispanics supported Trump or 20% what was it and then now it's a it's, high number yeah now it's 39% though what right Hispanics yeah mhm if that's true and yeah. if if it gets anywhere near what they're saying the black vote might be with 12 to 15% he wins or is Period, he or wins. is uh presidential hopeful Kanye West going to siphon off some of the black vote yeah, we got to talk about that in a few minutes here, because uh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, let me tell you about um, realestateagentsitrust.com. If you're trying to sell your home, that's a, it's tough. It's hard to do. You don't, you don't know if you want to spend a whole bunch of money in order to get your home into the best, you know, the the best situation it can possibly be when you're trying to sell it. Selling shape. Yeah. Or do you just want to sell it and get what you can and then get out from under it? Um, that's why you need a good realtor who who can help lead you down the right road there. Selling your home as quickly as possible and for the most money possible. That's what they're trained to do. That's what they do. And uh, they will guide you through this process. This is Glenn's company. And so they vetted these agents very carefully and made sure they had only the best ones in your local area. <laughs> you know, the area that... Uh, 
Uh, the Big Frog Serves, 1099, the oh, only yeah. station beyond the bandwidth of your FM dial. <laughs> um, but real estate agents, I trust the name really kind of says it all. These are people that you can trust to help you sell your home quickly and for the most money possible. Or if you're looking to buy one, they walk you through that process as well. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there today. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Pat Gray. Uh, some tweets here. Uh, COVID bullet 23 tweets. Are you guys confusing death rates on ventilators with deaths? Uh, death rate on inhalators and breathalyzers? <laughs> they end up taking up a hospital bed. A, it costs when, if when you, they if just, you gave, just you gave them treatment, treatment early. Treatment early. You know, and they and got some treatment. Treatment. And <laughs> like a, a, a breathalyzer. Breathalyzer. Or an inhalator. inhalator. Not a breathalyzer. Not a breath no, no, not, not an inhaler either, because I, oh. I don't think there is an inhaler. It's an, there's an inhaler. <laughs> Do not miss him. <laughs> so bad. Uh, from Sherry, remember Boris Johnson never went on a ventilator. Hmm. Now you know why. Yeah. He did go on a breathalyzer, though. They had him on a breathalyzer is that for right? a while. Yeah. Found out he was drunk as hell. Hey, wow. They were, yeah. A lot of pubs there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Putin on a Ritz. Tweets, all these mispronounced words are giving me a headache. I need an espresso. All right. <laughs> see, instead of espresso. <laughs> see what he did there? I do see yeah. what he did. Uh, Mitch Foster, did the CDC clear their epidemic classifications with Cardinal Joe Tobin? By uh, what don't... authority did you <laughs> nullify the Bill of Rights? I called up Cardinal Tobin, uh, Cardinal Joe Tobin the in Newark. Newark. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Steve M., I could care less. <laughs> see what he did there? Because the actual expression is couldn't care less. <sighs> Sherry, remember? Oh, I already did share. Okay, so uh, there you got some uh, some tweets mm-hmm. uh, in your head. Keep them there. Use them at parties this weekend for a few laughs. People mm-hmm. love it. People mm-hmm. love it when you bring up tweets. But when so uh, when you when you're at the party? Yeah, when just, you're at the party. So hypothetically, like so if you I, say like I saw a tweet. Okay, so you have to lead in with <laughs> I saw a tweet. Yeah. I want to tell you. Saw about? a tweet uh, about inhalators. Yeah, let me tell you about it. You know, that kind of thing. And then do you and, recite oh, the Obama it. clip, too, yeah. for effect? You have to. Boy, that's going to Otherwise, be... they won't understand the context. And I'm looking for someone else to talk to at the point. <laughs> yeah. Cool. yeah. Uh, this is kind of cool, because we've been hearing a lot of really bad polls lately. But according to this one, President Donald Trump is almost certain to win re-election in 2020. Wow. It's according to political science professor whose primary model has correctly predicted five out of six elections. Since 1996. Okay. The primary model gives Trump a 91% chance to win. Uh-huh. 91%? He noted that his model, which he introduced in 96, would have correctly predicted the outcome of all but two presidential elections in the last 108 years. I'm liking this. Uh-huh. Thank you. Speak comfort to me. Right. This is so great. Which Does it say which two he got wrong? Uh, let's see. Yes. Um, he said this model gets it right for 25 of 27 elections since 1912 when primaries were introduced. Okay. The exceptions include JFK's election in 1916. That was super close. Yeah, but wait, wait, wait. JFK cheated. Well, in more ways than one. But no, Illinois. So that might be why. Illinois, because remember Nixon said, look, I'm not going to fight this, even though mm-hmm. Nixon would have won Illinois and then the presidency. <clears throat> So I think he's right there. What else is it? What's the other JFK one? JFK and uh, George W. Bush in 2000 when 
I mean, that was he won a majority of the electoral dangerously college. Dangerously close, 537 votes in Florida. Yes, sir. That's a nice model. 91% chance Trump is elected, according to it. Wow. I like that. Now, uh, check this out from Donald Trump's opposition. His opponent <laughs> in this election is so formidable. Mm-hmm. And he proved it again yesterday. Listen, to, he, this guy knows, Joe Biden knows what he's talking about. Check this out. Lonnie knows I believe this every fiber of my being. We're posed. What? I, what I propose is, is <laughs> it can be done. I think uh, we're in a position to, <laughs> to really make it happen. And what? my team and your team, my team already working closely team. together in light, mm-hmm. to light up the path forward here. To Critical l- laws like the PRO Act to strengthen collective bargaining. The PRO Act? On politics like prevailing and... Pro- Look. Look. I guess I'm, I'm getting... I'm, I'm t- taking too much time, but... <laughs> You know, <laughs> what, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages. Oh no! We introduce you to oh, the no. three three ring circus oh. that is this election this year. Holy cow! Oh no! This uh, was oh. he doing it live? Yeah, I think that was a live stream or something. Yeah. He's got to stop that. Why hasn't somebody said, "Look, Joe, you"? You've got to record everything. Nothing can be done live, okay? We're going to record and edit every single video you do from now on. Mm -hmm. And we're canceling any debates that are coming up. We'll look for a way out of it. We'll blame it on Trump. Don't worry about it, but we're not doing a debate. Wow. Play that again. That is astounding. That might be one of the worst yet. I'm telling you. Look at this. Bonnie knows I believe this every fiber of my being. We're posed. You're posed. What I propose is is (laughs) it can be done. Pause it for a I second. I think we're in a position. He's trying to say we're proposing, I think. But he's opposed. But he, but he proposed. Okay, let's see the rest of this. I think we're in a position to, to really make it happen. Yeah, me too. And my team and your team. My team and your Already team. working closely together. Already. In light, to light up the path forward here. Oh, okay. Critical laws like the PRO Act to strengthen collective bargaining. The PRO Act? Politics like prevailing. Prevailing. And pro- He'll look, explain it. Look. I guess I'm, I'm getting, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. T- taking too much time, but. <laughs> You know, <laughs> no, 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 you have the floor, sir. No, no, go ahead. Uh, tell That's... me about your hairy legs. By the way, you know, I sit on the stand. Uh-huh. And it get hot. I got a lot of, I got hairy legs. <laughs> Look, I, I talked too long about my legs. <laughs> Let me talk to you about your legs. Uh, <laughs> All right. That's, uh, that's rough. Whew. We've got Nurse Erin coming up. She spent some time in New York. She's got an amazing story to tell. Next. Real quick, uh, COVID bullet 23 guy Stephen Breyer was a Clinton appointee. Never expected to be conservative. Yeah, I mixed that up with David Souter. Uh, yeah. Breyer has done what, I guess, uh, up until now, has done what he was expected to do. Uh, Nations Under, that Joe Biden clip isn't even funny. This is elder abuse at this point. Hmm. Uh, also, Justin Souls. My wife is an RN and works with COVID-19 patients. The ventilators blow up people's lungs. Mm. Something's going on. And that's why uh, we have uh, gotten in touch with Aaron Oleski. Oleski? Ocheski? Ocheski. No, it's Oleski. Well, let's find out. How do you say it, Aaron? (laughs) (laughs) How do you you pronounce your... Is it Oleski? It's Olszewski. Olszewski. That's not what you said. What do you... That's what I said. That is not what you said. I said Olszewski. I don't... 
I don't hold it against you. Everybody messes it up. I'm fine with it. I'm going to have to shorten it. (laughs) Anyway, uh, thanks for joining us. We watched uh, the video where it's you're partly sort of undercover in this New York hospital and uh, partly an interview. uh, And it's, what, an hour and a half or so of just really fascinating and and bizarre information you went from florida to new york city to help out during the pandemic right around the peak or just shortly thereafter and you found some really strange occurrences going on there um uh, things like ppes not even being worn properly how is that possible with medical professionals like this um well what happened is it became a liability for your environment um, you know, during this pandemic. So everything that, you know, doctors and nurses had ever been taught kind of got, you know, tossed out the window. And that's really sad because we should have, I shouldn't say we, I should, most people in there should have held their integrity and done the right thing, even if they weren't going to be liable if something happened. But nobody played by those rules. And that's really what set everything up for failure. You noticed that... um Right away, I think, uh, pretty close to the very beginning, that they were mixing non-COVID patients with, with COVID patients. Why, why would they do that? Is there a logical explanation for that? No. I mean, there, I've, I've thought about it. Like, that's one of the things that really surprised me when I got there is seeing all of these you know, non-COVID rule-out patients who are waiting tests on the same floors <clears throat> with these positive that we knew confirmed positive patients and there's only, I I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. There would be patients that would have multiple negative tests and they were still diagnosed as COVID positive. So there was a lot of just reckless behavior. And is that because they get more money from the federal government if they're treating COVID patients? In my opinion, I think it, it didn't um, hurt to um, admit these patients, uh, you know, for a paycheck. And sadly, mm-hmm. they essentially treated them as a dollar sign and disposable. So, I mean, the inference here would be that they're trying to give COVID-19 to the patients who didn't have it to begin with, right? Isn't that what you would infer from that? Um, I would say that they weren't trying to avoid it. Yeah. Because if they were trying to avoid it, they could have utilized the comfort ship. They could have utilized the Javits Center. But instead, they just packed them all into Elmhurst Hospital like sardines. And, you know, I mean, any medical professional, you don't even need to be a medical professional to understand that what's going to happen when you do something like that. You, you mentioned that there is a rapid COVID-19 test. It takes, what, 45 minutes, I think you said, in order to, to get the results. But they were doing tests that take five to seven days for results. Uh, what did they tell you when you asked why they weren't using the rapid test? They were too expensive. Hmm. Um, yeah, that was it. I mean, that was one of the recorded conversations I had with a, a doctor, Um while I was there and I asked about that. I'm like, you know, if you can avoid putting these patients that are COVID rule out onto these floors by giving them a rapid test while they're in the emergency room and sending them home to self quarantine, like they were doing here, why aren't you guys doing that? It makes absolutely Mm -hmm. no sense when we have something like that available and readily available. 
so money. It was too expensive for them to invest in something like that. So why not just admit them to the floor, take their paycheck and, um, you know, and, and the, it's essentially an assembly line to a body bag. You go to the emergency room, you get admitted, you eventually get so you put on a vent and then you end up in a, you know, outside in the truck. Yeah. And I mean, that's almost a, it's almost a death sentence, isn't it? Putting them on a ventilator. I, I heard just astronomical numbers that once you wind up on a ventilator, uh, there's about an 89 or 90 percent chance of death. Is that accurate? Yeah, the the doctor I was speaking with um, there stated that there hadn't been one patient that had been put on a vent and successfully extubated. Every single one of the patients had died. Oh um, my gosh! Think, yeah, it's a, that's at the time when I when we were, when I asked wow. him. I think mm. maybe their turnaround <laughs> is probably they probably saved two percent, and that was like. In May, you know, when... Yeah. So, like, a 98% chance of death if you go on a ventilator. Yeah. I, If you're a patient, can you say, hey, when, when you come in, don't put me on a ventilator. I don't care what happens. I don't want to be on a ventilator. Um, people have to have that. It's kind of like... Um, you can have a DNI order. It's called do not intubate. Okay. Um, that usually has to be done prior to even going into the emergency room. Um, and most people obviously don't have that. And then what they were telling these patients is that either you're going to die of COVID or you're going to have to be put, you know, you're going to have to be put on a ventilator essentially. So pick right now. (laughs) And people are like, Oh my gosh, am I supposed to pick death or am I supposed to go on this ventilator, even though that's going to, you know, and they won't tell you, yeah, we don't really have any successful, you know, rate here so mm-hmm. you're gonna end up actually dying either way uh were did they use things like hydroxychloroquine in combination with other drugs did they do any of that i know they were using it all the way up until march 23rd when cuomo put out the executive order that banned it for any mm. off-label use mm. and that's that's also um another thing with that is <clears throat> so everything was liability free except if a doctor prescribed hydroxychloroquine for COVID, then he could be liable and he would probably lose his license and be fired. So they wouldn't want to, they wouldn't want to risk it. I would imagine. Correct. Right. Wow. Uh, We're speaking with registered nurse, Erin Olszewski, uh, who was in New York city for the coronavirus outbreak uh, a couple of months ago. Like what were the, what was the range you were there at the hospital? Um, I got there in mid-April, and I left towards the end of May. Okay. And, I mean, you must have been pretty, You clearly in the video are, are surprised at the almost third world nature of this particular hospital. Um, is it just that they're serving um, lower, lower uh, income people that they don't care, that they that they are looking for more federal dollars. Uh, what's, do you have an explanation for what was going on there? Um, it definitely is serving the more income population, um, black, Latino, mm-hmm. Asian population, under impoverished. Pov- um, a lot of the more homeless people that would be brought in through the emergency room. Um, 
Yeah, I, I really don't have any explanation for it. All I know is that if you look around at the, you know, Manhattan hospitals or more, you know, rich, more well-funded hospitals, you don't see that same pandemic type death rate that you do, mm-hmm. you know, at Elmhurst. So why? You know, I think the only answer to that is money. Tell us, you had an amazing story on the video about a 37-year-old patient who went to the hospital and he didn't have COVID-19, but ended up dying from it anyway in the hospital. Tell us that story. He was one of those that were forced to be on a ventilator. Um, I didn't have him when he signed the paperwork, but I, I did have friends there that were there that took care of him. And he was pretty much coerced into signing this, being put on a ventilator, Ended up mm. having like multiple different just procedures while he was like, you know, pretty much kept in a coma for over a month, um, which ultimately ended up ended up killing him. Um, his story is particularly interesting because he was a full code, and his family like wanted us to do absolutely everything. They they made it very clear that they didn't want him to just be left to die that's a like a, a, a do not resuscitate order and what i captured on video with that is the doctors telling us nurses that we will not be um providing life-sustaining measures if he die if he you know tries to code and that is in my opinion murder mm. because they're going against the patient's wishes and the family's wishes right and then they would still document it as we we tried but no success i mean that kind of stuff happened all the time all the, the time uh you and another nurse seemed to uh defy the doctor's orders and told him you would in fact uh intervene if necessary did you get any punishment for that was there any pushback on you for for saying that yeah, I mean, if you're looked at, I, I I was switched units not long after that, um, and you're looked at like a problem nurse. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like anybody that questions anything there is either you're moved units or ultimately sent home, which I was, you know, down the road. But that's sad. You can't you can't voice your opinion there, or you are punished for it. They did. Did they ask you to leave? Did they send you home, or did you choose to yeah. go home? They s- no. They they kicked me out. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep. You were yeah. that big a problem child that they booted you out of the place. Yes. That's amazing. Because uh, um, you know I'm an mm. ethical nurse. Yeah. With integrity, and I saw that what they were doing was wrong. And these patients can't speak for themselves. They're on ventilators. Yeah. You know so. If you don't have a good nurse or a good doctor taking care of you, what do you have? Nothing. You just lay there and die. Like, that's not, that's, we're in the United States of America. We should not be mm. treating our patients like this. We should, this should never have happened. At, at uh, certain points, you, you've mentioned that uh, this was, you actually believe it was murder, that these patients were, were killed in some cases. Uh, how can that happen in the United States of America? What, what recourse do the families have? Just suing the hospital? You know, there's a lot of families that have reached out to me since this video came out, and there's not an attorney that will touch this stuff. And so mm. I think the best bet is that we're going to need a federal investigation. 
and they need to like look through absolutely everything. And I would be happy to lead the way because without something like that, what, what kind of, what do they have? Everything's under the guise of this pandemic liability free environment. So who's going to touch something like that? Has this affected you in your current hospital at your, at your job in Florida or uh, are, are you okay there? Um, well, I actually, before this video even out, um, came out, uh, my attorneys and I went all the way up to the corporate office and let them know we actually showed them the video and, you know, just kind of gave them a heads up, like, this is what's happening. We just wanted to verify that. They wanted to verify that our my hospital was, in fact, giving the hydroxychloroquine and zinc in the, in the emergency rooms as treatments, and it was successful, mm-hmm. and it was treating our patients, and we didn't see any deaths by the time I left. I think there was maybe one this entire time. And um, so they're fine. I still have my job, um, but I did take a leave of absence just because, you know, I'm interviewing a lot, talking to people and trying to get this word out. Um, uh, There's a lot of people that believe that we've been greatly misled on this whole COVID situation in a lot of different ways, but especially that the virus is being overhyped the danger overblown do do you believe that or or is it is it this frightening is it is it does it warrant this amount of hype no not at all um not not at all we we're we were successfully treating it here i just want to know why they're banning treatment well i want to know why these governors are getting in between the doctor patient relationship Right. You know, and, and banning treatment, like we can treat it. There's multiple ways that have, you know, been successful around the world. So this hype, it, it's all it is. And, and it, it seems to be turning into a very political type of game mm-hmm. at the cost of patient life. And that should never, ever happen. And mask wearing. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts on that. Uh, everybody wearing masks everywhere they go. Does that protect us? Or is it Because in the beginning of this, first they said no. Then they kind of said yes, but only the N95 is worth anything. Now people are just wearing masks for the, for the sake of wearing masks. Is that, actually, is that actually helping the situation at all, do you think? No. <laughs> no. Kind of what I thought. I just can't. You yeah. know what? I just... <laughs> I, you know... <laughs> So medically, that's doing virtually nothing for us, right? I mean, I guess it's giving us self uh, a sense of comfort to those who need that. But yeah, yeah, okay, I, it's symbolic. Know, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Right. But nothing ever should be mandated. Like if you're going to force me to wear a mask to go get, you know, some groceries, I prefer not to. Then right. you know, I just find yeah. that. so I. I don't understand it. it. It's just, it really blows my mind. And you know, what's so crazy is um, people don't even want to hear this story or see the footage I took or listen to the audio because they just don't want to believe that it could be anything else than what the media is telling them. And that it's really hard for me to comprehend that and why people wouldn't want to know the truth. Uh, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, on the COVID floors, did you guys wear the N95 or were you just protected with the same dumb masks that everybody's running around with? 
No, we wore an N95, and on top of it, we wore a, surgi- a medical-grade surgical mask. Okay. So that's the thing. Like, with these N95s, you have to be fitted. And even when you're fitted, half the time it doesn't work. <laughs> you know, fitted? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you have to be professionally fitted. They put a hood over your you know, your shoulders, and they spray some stuff in there. And if you can smell it, then the mask is not properly fitted. I mean, it can take, sometimes it can take an hour, two hours just to get a a mask fitted. So people don't realize that. You can't just put a mask on and just feel like you're just going to be out in the world just completely invisible with this shield of, you know, and then the Mm -hmm. T-shirt masks. I, I just don't understand it, but... And maybe I'm I'm different than most. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> I, don't know. I think most people are are probably where you are on this whole thing. Um, well, you're yeah. incredibly brave for speaking out, and there are some heart wrenching stories that you tell uh, in this video. I highly re- recommend people uh, check it out. Thanks for thanks for all you're doing. And what what can we do as as Americans to put pressure on people to you know fix this situation? Is there anything we can do? Um, say no to unconstitutional, you know, mandates and definitely give it, give the governors, you know, your governors and your senators, the, my information, because you can't really look away from, from video and audio. And that was a big, it took a big risk to be able to bring the American public that. And I think it's important that they see it mm-hmm. so they can maybe have a different perspective and it will get them kind of like, thinking about why why would the government be doing all of this when there's like a 99 percent chance of survival you know yeah like there's got to be more to the story so i just said just get involved and and um start asking the hard questions that nobody else wants to ask appreciate it aaron thanks a lot for all you're doing appreciate it thanks so much for having me you guys you bet Mm. uh Wow, it's I'm fascinating stuff. And she's really going out on a limb. So I hope this helps and and wakes people up to what's going on. And the fact that a lot of it is about the money. You don't want to believe that. Certainly not in the United States of America, in uh, uh, an American hospital in New York City, the largest city in the country, that is that's treating their patients like they're in a third world nation. Yeah, she called it the Twilight Zone. She couldn't believe some of the stuff that was happening in there. I mean, there was another mm. case where um, she had a patient who was doing great. Uh, he was FaceTiming with his kids. She told the kids that uh, their dad was doing great. And uh, they reassigned her. And literally 20 minutes after they reassigned her, he died. And it turned out that whoever had taken over his care had uh, improperly uh, put some bag or something in him. I mean, it's what in the Jeez. world? What is happening? I, I, it's just, it's so Bizarre. depressing. It's, yeah, it's incredible. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. With your thoughts, real quick. Um, but yeah, you know, Con- yeah, Kanye some, West. Something we didn't get to yet <laughs> that I want to talk about is uh, Kanye West yes! running for president. It's gonna save us all, <laughs> President Yeezy. What he's actually, I think, what he's actually trying to do is split the vote, the Democrat vote. <sighs> I don't know. Is that it seems like he has it, said that that he wouldn't mind to uh hurt uh Biden. He uh, doesn't mind. On how the race will be decided, he says, let's see if the appointing if the appointing is at 2020 or if it's 2024 because God appoints the president. Oh, so oh. he doesn't know when he's running yet. 
It's going to be either 2020 this year or mm-hmm. 2024. But he says he's not going to run as a Democrat or a Republican. He's running under the birthday party banner. <laughs> the birthday because party? Because when we win, <laughs> it's everybody's birthday. That's great. End quote. Oh, by the way, he also wants um, Elon Musk to head up his space program. Yeah, Elon's already apparently on board yeah, with his campaign. Sure is. He says, if I win in 2020, then it was God's appointment. If I win in 2024, then it was God's appointment. Oh, all right. And if you don't win in either of those years, what is it then? Well, God wanted someone else to win. Somebody else, yeah, okay. Sure. All right. By the way, before we forget, um, I didn't realize this. Thanks for telling me, Rob, that um, that Aaron wrote a book, uh, our, our guest just then, uh, Epicenter Nurse. And uh, Oh. It's, uh, I don't know, so it, there's not just the video. Yeah. There's also a book out. Is it already out then? Uh, no, it's going to be released in August. Okay, so Epicenter Nurse. Look for We'll be looking for Aaron that. Aaron Olszewski, yeah. Uh, and this from Leonidas Johnson, who is an actor, and he's inspired by Halle Berry's stand on not doing a trans part in a movie because she's not a trans person. Right. Somebody else got to get that role. Got to get a real trans person to do a trans role. He says, in light of Halle Berry's apologizing for considering playing a character that is not who she actually is in real life, I'd like to also apologize. I regret to inform you. That I once played Lemire in Beauty and the Beast. No. You bastard. However. What are you doing? I am not a candlestick. Kindle, <laughs> <laughs> he's not a candlestick, and yet it. he played one in a movie. Well, he sees the air of his ways. Nor am I French. That isn't even my real hair. Wow. I am devastated and ashamed of my behavior. Actors must only play roles that are exactly like themselves, and I have failed. I'm so sorry. I love this guy. My heartfelt apologies to the French candlestick community. (laughs) He's going to get a load of crap for this. What a hate monger. Mongering in hate. I love it. I will use this opportunity to listen, to learn, and to grow as an ally. <laughs> a candlestick uh, ally? Fortunately, Leonidas is black, and so that may shield him oh, a little bit. okay. Uh, if that was a white actor, he'd already be black blacklisted. Yeah, this guy's by great. Hollywood. He just tweeted really out awesome. uh, that he put up a page um, uh, to like a, a GoFundMe page for these victims, these children, these black children who have been killed in violence. Black Lives Matter doesn't care about them. No. So he has posted a GoFundMe page for their families. What a great guy. All right, we will see you tomorrow back here on Packery Unleashed.